Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Want to welcome each of you this morning to High Point Church. We're thrilled to have you with us, to worship with us, to celebrate in the presence of the Lord. I as well, uh, glad to see Megan back here attending university again. Becoming smarter and smarter all the time. What a thrill it is to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I invite your attention this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. I'd like to read in your hearing. When Jesus told his disciples just before his ascension to go and to wait and tarry at Jerusalem, he in essence told them to go get prepared. That's in essence what they'd done was prepared. Prepared by telling them to wait for the promise of the Father. And as we know from our preaching in recent weeks, and those of you that have been around for a while, the promise of the Father was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see, with most every endeavor, regardless of its scope, regardless of what it may involve, Whatever endeavor we involve ourselves in, preparation in most cases is the most important thing to achieve. If you're going to achieve success. Amen. Preparation is so important. So with that being said, I invite your attention again to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 15 through 19. The beloved apostle writing to his son in the faith says, Be diligent. To present yourself approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness, and their message will spread like cancer. Hymenaeus and Philetus are of, these so- are, are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is past already. And they overthrew the faith of some. Nevertheless, the the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Shall we pray? Precious Heavenly Father, I thank You today. For this, again, another privilege and opportunity that you have given to us. That we might gather together here and to worship you and to exalt you. Our hearts and our spirits have been blessed already by the teaching of your word this morning. As we come to this portion of our service today, the ministry of your word, I pray that you will help me. Anoint me, O God, and help me to become transparent before you and this congregation. That we might hear from you today. And Lord, I pray that you'll anoint each and every one to receive, and we'll thank you for it and praise you for it. It is in the name of Jesus we ask it right now. And everyone said amen. Amen. I'd like you to look at someone close by you and tell them with passion and enthusiasm, we must be prepared. I kind of sound a little weak. Thank you. You may be seated. 
There is nothing like God's Word. Nothing like it. We need to read it. We need to study it. I said we. We need to read it. We need to study. You see, the Bible, God's inspired Word, listen to me carefully, God's inspired Word is the only conclusive source of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding concerning ultimate realities. Amen. I said it is the only conclusive source of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding concerning ultimate realities. You see, it is the fountainhead of freeing truth. As Jesus said in John 8 and 32, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen? It is also the fountainhead and a gold mine of practical principles. I'm talking about the Word of God. Waiting to liberate or enrich the person who will pursue its truth and its wealth. You see, there is wealth in the Word of God. I'm not talking about monetary wealth. I'm talking about spiritual wealth in the Word of God. And we need spiritual wealth a lot more than we need financial wealth. I kind of figured that would hit rock bottom a little bit there. Amen. Therefore, Paul's instruction to be diligent, telling Timothy to be a diligent worker, has been applied by serious born-again believers through the centuries as a directive to study the Word of God. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That was Paul's instruction to this young pastor, Timothy. Amen. You see, the only way to healthy, balanced living is through rightly dividing the word of God. It comes from a Greek a Greek word that means literally or cutting straight of God's word. Amen. Such correct, straight-on application of God's word is the result of diligent study. You need more than just coming here and hearing Brother David teach or Bishop Goldsberry teach or hear myself preach. You need more than that to sustain the right walk with Jesus Christ. That's probably not what everybody wanted to hear, but that's the way it is. We must read it. We must study it. We must internalize it. Amen. The text calls us beyond casual approaches to the Scripture. It calls us beyond the casual approach to the Scripture, telling us to refuse to suit the Bible to our own convenience or ideologies. There's a lot of folks that will divide the Word as long as it suits what they want and suits their ideology. Amen. In his first letter to Timothy, Paul instructed his son in the faith, In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 13, he said, Give attention to reading God's Word. However, now in this second letter to Timothy, he emphasizes studying like a worker. Comes from the Greek word to toil, if you will, or to put effort into it. In fact, Psalms 1 and 19, 11, it urges memorization of the Word of God as a mighty deterrent against sin. Thy Word have I hid in my heart. 
that I might not sin against thee. Amen? God's word is as a sword, if you will, ready in witnessing and effective in spiritual warfare, the Bible tells us. Amen. With that being said, let's get back to the point of preparation. It is important to note that Moses spent 80 years preparing for a ministry that would last 40 years. Now, in case you didn't notice, that is a two-to-one ratio of preparation to execution. You see, the greater the goal, the greater the preparation. Amen. Much of our life can be spent getting ready for what seems like just a brief season and a brief assignment. However, to be able to say at the end, I have finished my course, it is to have lived successfully, or is to have lived successfully. Now, metaphorically speaking, that's true whether you're called to run a marathon or a hundred yard dash, whatever it might be. Before passing the torch of ministry on to Timothy, Paul admonished him to work hard so you can receive God's approval. So the question then remains, who does God use? Those individuals, I'm going to answer that by the way in case you was wondering. Those individuals who prepare well. Preparation for the day of Pentecost was vital. They needed to go and get alone in the presence of God and to wait on the Spirit to be manifested and to pour out on them and to prepare for what was about to take place. Amen. Whether you're called in business or education or politics or art or medicine or ministry, this principle remains the same. God uses prepared people. Amen. He uses prepared people. The price tag required for long-term success, and please understand, when I use the word success, I don't have dollar signs in my mind. Success to me is not equated in how much money you have in your checking account or how much money you have in CDs or how much money you have in your IRA or in your 401k. To me, success is measured on the basis when I come to the end of the race, can I say as Paul did, I've fought a good fight, I've kept the faith, and I've finished my course. Amen. Amen. The price tag required for long-term success cannot be lowered. I said it cannot be lowered. The fact of the matter is, in general terms, we all want what successful people have. We're just not willing to pay the price they paid to achieve it. <clears throat> Amen. I, I hope you understand that my emphasis today is not on material success as much as it is on spiritual success and the things relating to the kingdom of God. You see, if we are going to be spiritually successful as a body of believers, 
We must be prepared when our opportunities come. Amen. We must be prepared for that influx of new souls. We must be prepared to deal with and to handle and to allow God to use us if we're ever going to see Him use us in that way and in that fashion. Amen. We can't wait till after the fact and decide, whoo, we need to get prepared. Used to sing a chorus years and years ago around the church says, I'm getting ready to leave this world. I'm getting ready for the gates of pearl. Keeping my record white, watching both day and night. I'm getting ready to leave this world. You better not be getting ready when it's time to leave this world. <clears throat> you better be prepared. Amen? Amen. So we can't wait to lie to the fact and say, well, I'm getting ready. I'm getting prepared. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to give Him my all. <clears throat> We must be prepared when our opportunities arrive. Abraham Lincoln said, I will prepare and someday my chance will come. I will prepare and someday my chance will come. Benjamin Disraeli said this, the secret of success in life is for a man to be ready for his time when it comes. Amen. The secret of success in life is for a man to be ready for his time when it comes. When the fate of the Jewish people hung in the balance, Mordecai had told Esther that her experience in the king's palace had prepared her for such a time as this. In essence, he said to Esther, you haven't journeyed the road you have traveled for naught. You haven't gone down the avenues and where you're at today just out of sheer coincidence or happenstance. But it is for this moment you have been prepared for such a time as this. I ask you, has God prepared you or are you allowing him to prepare you for such a day as which we live today? As you remember, she responded and the Jewish people were saved. All of these aforementioned individuals had talent, prepared themselves, and made the most of their opportunities when they arose. So I submit to you that our greatest challenge is not lack of opportunity, but being ready when it comes. Amen. Being ready when it comes. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 13, the wise man penned these profound words. He said, take firm hold of instruction. Take firm hold, grip it tightly. Take firm hold of instruction. Do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Amen? You see, it is, it's not enough to get prepared. We must stay prepared. And we do that through the hearing of the Word of God. We do that through hearing the teaching of the Word of God. We, hear, we do that through prayer and study of the Word of God and through constant preparation. Amen? 
We're being told that knowledge is doubling every five years. That's outstanding. Knowledge is doubling every five years. And it's no wonder with the means we have, if Paul, if the Apostle Paul would have had the internet and the means for ministry that we know today, the world would still be on fire from the blazing ministry that he would have preached. He would have self-destructed trying to reach every corner of the world he could have reached. Amen. So if we don't keep growing, we'll end up with coping skills that no longer match the challenge we face in the world we live in. Could that be part of the church's problem today? Ooh. We're now trying to cope. I, I just throw that out there as a suggestion. Please don't. Don't pick up rocks just yet. Give me a little bit longer. We'll end up with coping skills that no longer match the challenge we face in the world we live in. It's estimated in the medical community, and I thought this is quite interesting, that many doctors are so busy taking care of patients that they're years behind in the latest developments and technologies in their prospective fields. Now, that might, not mean, that might not mean too much to us unless one of our loved ones needs the latest and the greatest technological advances in the medical field. Then it might become a problem for us if the doctors don't know. The second thing is preparation doesn't begin with what you do. It begins with what you believe. Amen. If you believe that success tomorrow depends on what you do today, you'll treat today differently. Amen? If you believe that success tomorrow depends on what you do today, you'll treat today differently. A wise sailor, I don't know too much about sailing other than what I have gleaned from Bishop and some of these other guys around here that are sailors and what I have read, but a wise sailor studies the weather before he goes out to sea. Reason being because he knows that avoiding a storm is easier than getting out of one. Amen? I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get me anywhere near the water out there. There's just too much going on. Amen? He knows it's to avoid a storm is easier than getting out of one. And the same thing remains with us spiritually. It's much easier to avoid the storm than to try to get out of it. Howard Coonley of the American National Standards Institute stated, The leader of the future will be rated by his ability to anticipate problems rather than to meet them as they come. I like that. I wish I'd have thought of that, but I didn't. The leader of the future will be rated by his ability to anticipate problems rather than to meet them as they come. 
The next thing I want you to notice is this, that preparation is not merely an event. It's a perspective. Amen. Here's what I mean by that. I'll use Abraham Lincoln again. He said this, If I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six sharpening my axe. You don't want to step up and chop down a tree with a dull axe. Preparation. 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 You might eventually get it done. But you're going to be worn out when it's over. He said, if I had eight hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend six of that eight hours sharpening my axe. You see, as a young man, Lincoln had split rails with an axe, so he knew the value of staying sharp. Amen? We need to stay sharp in the Holy Spirit. We can't afford to become dull and complacent and cold and indifferent when it comes to spiritual things. You might sneak by once in a while from the natural perspective, but when it comes to spiritual things, we need to stay sharp, we need to stay focused, and we need to stay in love with Jesus Christ. Wisdom is always prompted him to prepare. Whether Lincoln was cutting and getting ready to cut wood, he, to study law on his own, to pass the bar, or to lead a nation. Wisdom always prompted him to prepare. This is why the Bible tells us, hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well. For it is your life. Amen? It is your life. Another place the wise man said, buy the truth or get a hold of the truth and sell it not. Embrace it and don't let it get away from you. Amen? The wise man also penned these profound words in his writings. He said this in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Most of you may be able to quote this. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. What a promise in the word of God. What a powerful and profound passage. Now there's two words in this passage that are especially significant. And I want to take a moment to address them. The words I'm speaking of are the word ways and acknowledge. In all your ways, everybody say that, ways, acknowledge Him. <clears throat> the word ways comes from the Hebrew word derek, which means a road or a course or a mode of action. A road or a course, if you will, or a mode of action. It suggests specific opportunities that a person or a person may encounter on recurring basis. The most common segment of opportunity we experience regularly is what? Is a new day. Aren't you glad for a new day? Amen. Now you may have rolled out of bed with a few aches and pains and maybe a little Feeling your age a little bit today, but boy, if you're able to get up and see the dawn of a new day, it's a glorious day. 
Amen? Especially when you can crawl out of there knowing who Jesus Christ is and being born again. Amen. It is as if this passage suggests that in all of our days, in all of our days, we should acknowledge God. And in doing so, He will direct our paths. Amen? Everybody go like this whether you agree or not. Because I'm telling you the truth. Amen? We should acknowledge God. And in doing so, He will direct our paths. Of equal significance is the word acknowledge. comes from the Hebrew word yada. Elsewhere, yada is translated know, meaning to know by observation, to know by investigation, to know by reflection, or to know by first-hand experience. However, the highest level of yada is in direct, intimate contact. So ladies, let me tell you this. A little piece of wisdom for you. The next time you're carrying on a conversation with your husband, and you're just going at it a mile a minute, and he looks at you and goes, yada, yada, yada. He's acknowledging he understands what you're saying. It's right there in the book. It's, right. it's a Hebrew word. He's, he's he, in an intimate way he's saying, I understand, honey. I know what you're telling me. So don't be offended by it when he goes, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> Some of y'all ain't buying that, I can tell. I can just, I can feel it. It's, it's not going to take that one home. You see, this refers to life-giving intimacy, if you will, as in marriage. Applied to a spiritual context, it suggests an intimacy with God in prayer that conceives and births blessings and victories. Amen? Joined to our scriptural text, we might conclude that if in all of our days we maintain direct, intimate contact with God, that God promises to direct our path towards fruitful, life-begetting endeavors. Amen? I said, joined to our scriptural text, we might conclude that if all in all of our days we maintain this direct, intimate contact with God, God promises to direct our paths toward fruitful, life-begetting endeavors. Amen. I will close with this. One of the most important questions you must ask yourself is, what, what am I supposed to be preparing for? Preacher, this all sounds good. In theory, it sounds wonderful. But what am I supposed to be preparing for? Well, you certainly don't want to be like the Miss America contestant who recently told a late-night TV talk show host, my goal is to bring world peace and get my own apartment. How profound is that? First of all, no one but Jesus Christ has control of world peace. And secondly, getting an apartment is pretty insignificant. 
Not, if you don't have a place to live, that might be pretty important to you, but, but in, in, the, in the scope of, of reality and in the world, that, that's pretty insignificant. It's important that we ask God what we're supposed to be doing individually and as a church. What are we supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be looking into God's Word. We're supposed to be maintaining that intimate and direct, constant communion with Him through prayer and the reading and the studying of His Word. Ministers, we are to continually give ourselves to prayer and to fasting for the benefit of the church and the kingdom. Saints of God, we are to continually have our focus and our attention and our thoughts and our mindset on the things of God and the things of the kingdom. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're not supposed to go home at the end of a service after the preacher's preached, Brother David's taught. We close our Bibles up, we lay them on a shelf, and never open them again until next service time. I want you to be checking out what I'm telling you. I'm going to prove that pastor wrong with it. Please do so. I issue the challenge. Try to prove me wrong. Get in there and try to... Anyway. And we need to keep asking him until we get clear instructions as to our next step, or for that matter, your first step, whichever it might be. God has a plan for every one of us. He has a plan for your involvement with High Point Church, collectively as the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Nobody was brought here, called here, sent here, or drawn in here to just sit idly by and coast through the pearly gates. Amen. As if that's the mindset and the attitude, you might not be ready when it comes time to leave the world. There are timeless principles in the Bible that work. I said there's timeless principles in this Word of God that works. Whether you're walking with God or going down life's road or your own way, there's principles in here. And much of this nation's success has been based on the fact that our forefathers founded this nation based on the principles and precepts of God's Word. I realize we have a portion of society today that have let that slip away. Well, I won't get it going started there. There's timeless principles in the Bible at work. In light of that, we must be careful that we're not using God. Hmm. I said we must be careful that we're not using God rather than allowing God to use us. Amen. We need to allow God to use us, not the other way around. Amen. In all of thy ways acknowledge, consult, listen, and submit to Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Amen. You see, what ultimately matters most will not be what others say about your life. 
but what God says. I want you to notice that Paul did not tell Timothy, study to show yourself approved to my satisfaction. No. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God. Amen? As the musicians make their way forward, the humbling truth is, Brother Patton, if you will go to the fellowship hall and bring, get some help there and bring our stuff in for communion. The humbling truth is this. All achievements will eventually be surpassed. How many of you spent any time watching the Olympics and seeing how many world records were broken in the course of the Olympic, Olympic Games a few weeks ago? Records that have been set by somebody else, either the previous games or some years ago or whatever, were just annihilated, taken away. All achievements will eventually be surpassed. Records will be broken. Reputations will fade. And tributes will be forgotten. While in college, Dr. James Dobson, his goal was to become the school's tennis champion. He felt proud when his trophy was prominently placed in a display cabinet. He left college. He left having achieved that goal. However, years later, someone mailed him that trophy. They had found it in a trash can when the school was remodeled. When asked about it, Dobson responded, given enough time, all your trophies will be trashed by someone else. Let me tell you this, living to create an earthly legacy is a short-sighted goal. Please set them down or one on each side of the flowers, if you will. Thank you very much. Living to create an earthly legacy is a short-sighted goal. You see, we were not put here to be remembered. We were put here to do God's will and to prepare for eternity. It's on the other side where all the records are being kept. It's on the other side where we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven where no one can throw the trophy away. Because it's locked securely in the presence of Almighty God. Amen. And one day when you stand before Him and you have prepared, you have given Him your all, and He looks at you and pulls that trophy out and hands it to you and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Paul said, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And not for me only, but unto all of those who love His appearing. 
We were put here to do God's will and to prepare for eternity. If you're wise, you'll forever keep that in your mind. Would you stand as we worship for a moment in the presence of the Lord? We must be prepared for what God has in store for his church. Amen. Let's sing.